If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome back to Modern Circadian Moms. I'm Nicole Hartman, and with us as always, Tina Matthews. How's it going, Tina? Good. How are you, how are you doing? Doing great. It's All almost right. fall, right? When did the is the equinox coming up? It already happened, think, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no wait. What's today? I think it's Saturday, but obviously this will air on Monday. So okay, this so. is too much for my brain. I know, right? <laughs> I like the change of seasons, though. I love it. Yeah, it's like I I used to have a hard time letting go of summer, but I think when you learn about the benefit of every season, it it's nice. It's just change. Yeah. This is actually the first winter that I'm finding myself looking forward to just because I'm excited to like implement some of like the more, like the more I learned about the circadian biology and how important all the seasons are. Like I'm ready to embrace winter this year. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into things. But first, uh, we just want to make that general statement that this is conversation and never intended to be medical advice. So we're going to have a pretty good conversation today, uh, probably more so for moms or soon-to-be moms, and talking about the role of the sun and circadian rhythm in regards to pregnancy. So Tina, take it away. Where do you want to start? Okay. So this one um, is exciting for me just because I had five pregnancies before I found um, circadian biology, and then I had one pregnancy after I found it. And so I had super easy pregnancies, never had any complications, never any issues, but my circadian quantum pregnancy, if you want to call it that, was like so much better. Which, How so? Well, like, what, okay. What did you notice? Or if more, you want to wait for that? More energy, basically, okay. was like the big thing. Better sleep, more energy, um, less cravings. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I had found myself like needing a nap every single day in the first trimester through all five pregnancies, which like, as you have more kids, that becomes really hard. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Yeah. Like if I could just sneak in like a 10 minute nap, like our family does like prayer time every day. And so I would just kind of fall asleep during that time because it would be the first time I would sit down. I would just, I would be able to stay awake for it. And then my quantum, that's, I might need to figure out a new name for this, but my quantum (laughs) pregnancy, I did not nap at all in the first trimester. You're kidding. Which, yeah, I was really impressed. Yeah, that's so interesting. It it is because if you do follow, you know, circadian principles and stuff, you find yourself not needing a nap. Like you you definitely have a more, you know, a a window of that proper times to be awake. Yeah. And yeah. it's like that two to three o'clock when people like mm-hmm. everybody has that like mid afternoon slump where they just get really tired. I, I haven't really had that issue since finding circadian biology, even in my normal life. I don't know if that's your experience too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't take, yeah. 
I only I mean, if obviously it was like, we can't take naps, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was like you know a kid had been sick or something, and you've been up multiple times, I you know I think everybody at that time's like, yeah, I could probably use a nap. Right. But uh, yeah, I would say in the general day to day, now feel good. Yeah, that that's so interesting. You know, I obviously none of my kids. I didn't have that experience, but uh, like I've said before, I I was outside as a as a PE teacher, so I was outside then more so than most would be for four of our children, and uh, yeah, I I never felt tired during that time. Now that you like looking back, that's inter. I wish I would have connected the dots. You know, it's really interesting. It it is interesting. Um, so what what else like were you so when you were pregnant with your youngest uh you were clearly getting up with the sun at that time yeah and, and the, so the funny thing is is that we always got up with the sun we just never went outside for it you know what i mean cuz my kids are early risers so it's like we're always up at sunrise we just never went outside went for outside. it yeah it's like such I, a small easy change for sure and it's like again it's it's tuning into that that wisdom that these children know and they're like, well, we're up at sunrise. You should be up at sunrise. And then it's like <laughs> you said that that next step of, well, let's go outside then. It only is, it's sensical, you know? Right. And I think a lot of like, I know my kids were always ready. Like, let's go outside. We're awake. Let's go outside. And I'd be like, oh no, we have neighbors. We don't want to wake up the neighborhood. Maybe we're doing the neighborhood a favor. Like, <laughs> They're dribbling a basketball at like 7 a.m. You're like, oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, we did try to be like kind of quiet. And that was part of why we were like, OK, it's time to move to the country because our kids are becoming a nuisance to like the city. Everyone's awake. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. So and getting into like more pregnancy research, because like as I was going through my pregnancy and I was like, OK, this is different. Like, I feel so good. I would start like looking stuff up. And as I was looking things up, I had saw that they're not, they're doing studies with like supplemental melatonin and the role that it plays in intrauterine growth restriction. They have found that it stops so much of like the brain injury that can happen from that. And then my thoughts are, I wouldn't do supplemental if, if you're getting good sleep, you are making enough melatonin. And they're not sure, like nobody go do that because not all the research is out yet. Like talk to your doctor, look it up, whatever. But then there was also not just intrauterine growth restriction, but on preeclampsia, they had found like they measured cord blood and in these certain issues, there was not adequate amounts of melatonin. So the question becomes like how many pregnancy complaints can we like stop if we're just following the natural laws of how things are supposed to be if we're getting up with the sun and we're going to bed when it's dark and we're not bombarding ourselves with artificial light and our body gets to do what it's supposed to do because oxidative stress is such an issue in pregnancy it i could imagine yeah and then our modern lifestyles just exacerbate all of that Oh, for sure. Right. And it's like that whole idea of melatonin. If my body makes it, do I need to take it? Right. Especially if I am in tune with the, like you said, the la the natural laws of nature right. and how they apply to the human body. 
So that that's incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of research coming out and like some of the there's even like things you wouldn't even think about like the mother's circadian rhythm during pregnancy. They have found a correlation to that in every person diagnosed with like a mental health disorder from like bipolar to schizophrenia, stuff like that. There's like this underlying um I can't connection. Think of the word. Yeah, connection yeah, connection of the mother's circadian rhythm during pregnancy. That's so crazy. I, it just goes back because obviously as the mom gives the influence of mitochondria to the the child. Right. So it's even further proving the the connection between the health of the mother and then the health of the child. That's right. so that's so cool and it's like time and time again, you know, you're just you're just reminded of the miracle of it all. And just like, it, 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 it's so simple sometimes. I mean, it doesn't sound simple, but it's so simple sometimes that you're like, oh my gosh, why didn't, why did I not right. connect these dots sooner? Yeah. That's crazy. That's so cool. And even just like when you're going back and you're thinking of like common pregnancy complaints, the top one you're going to get is insomnia. Mm -hmm. That's, it's really not an issue if you're getting up with the sun, getting the UVA light and blocking blue light at night. I don't know many people who do those things and still suffer with insomnia. Agreed. Agreed. So just super, I mean, they're simple once you start doing them. They don't take any extra work. For sure. Absolutely. And, and it is, it's like you said, it is this, it's a simple thing. You know, I can choose to I can choose to turn off my phone at night. I can choose to turn off my TV at night and just go to bed. I can, how much darkness is it is okay for our family? You right. know, like what are, what are we willing to be like our family? We kind of are, are living like cave times at, <laughs> at night, you know, like we have yeah. little red lights, but um, it, it is that simple change. And then what is the result for my pregnancy? Because it's almost like it's it's acceptable. Accept, sorry, can't talk. Acceptable, or we call it normal, when we experience these problems in pregnancy. And and it's not to say that that you're not going to have times of being uncomfortable because yeah, I am growing a human, and it reaches a size sometimes where it's like, yeah, I'm, it's uncomfortable to sleep sometimes, you know. But these other problems could they be avoided? And right. I, that that should be a question to ask. And what role would circadian biology have in that? That's a right. question. And it's so safe. Like you have to be right. so careful in pregnancy. You can't right. be taking all the supplements and right. you can't, you know, um, I don't, whatever people do to sleep, you know, you can't drink alcohol and no, you know, yeah, you take just, a sleeping pill. Yeah. You can't yeah, no sleeping yeah. pills. Although I actually, no, we shouldn't be doing that anyway. No, but you know what? I do think that that's something that some OBGYNs allow their Patients they do. I have known a, a few people that have had that and have had horrendous reactions to it. And you're thinking to yourself, not only am I affecting myself, I am now affecting an, a, a human being that I created. Right. Yeah. And that's that's a oh, yeah. That's another that's another episode, Tina. Yeah. It it really <laughs> is. But it's like this is so safe. Like there's no risk to going outside barefoot. There's no risk. None. To, right. I mean. You got to be careful when you're living in the darkness sometimes, yeah. like don't trip, use common sense, but like realistically, body-wise, there's not much yeah. risk with that. Like 
you're getting up with the sun, you're blocking blue light, doing some grounding and grounding at, for me personally, the more electrons that I could get through grounding, the less my body was craving carbs and sugar because I'm getting, I'm fulfilling energy needs through just the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, that That's a good point. You know, it's not like the whole thing of, oh, I'm eating for two now, you know? <laughs> No, <laughs> all of those things. It's like, yeah. So we realize that obviously food is, it is important, important, but let's address to our, like you said, if I am getting those electrons through grounding, then I am fulfilling another need within the body. And then food is, it's more controlled in that sense of like, like you said, cravings. But Right. Or then you can kind of for me, I was able to lean into my cravings because I wasn't craving like chocolate, so, like so much. I mean, sometimes I crave chocolate. I mean, but come on. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, but it was like I would crave things like eggs or mm. steak instead of, oh, I'm craving like a whole loaf of bread. Right. Or like salt, you know, like I, it's right. such a mineral depleting venture, you know, pregnancy is that, uh, yeah, maybe I'm maybe I should lean into that and not with potato chips, maybe with some minerals. But right. That's yeah. another crazy thing. I actually haven't thought of this, but I knew nothing about minerals my first four or five pregnancies. Same. And Same. yeah, once I learned about them and I started, there was quite a few months where I was definitely taking more minerals than I would ever recommend for anybody, but my body was craving them because I had had See eight pregnancies, eight pregnancies in eight years. Oh I had two goodness. miscarriages. Oh my goodness! But you can see, like, my body was so depleted. And it's I had asked the question. I can't remember who it was to. It might have been Carrie one time. Like, when if if you've had, let's say, a number of pregnancies, or even one pregnancy, or or whatever it is, can you ever reach a stage where you are not mentally depleted? And I would believe the answer is no. You're always going to be working at at a deficit at some point. It, I, I think about eight years. It's eight years of, <laughs> you know, like not adhere, like listening and saying, well, maybe minerals is, you know, because I'm building bones and tissues <laughs> and all that. I'm building a brain. I'm building a heart, you know, like it's, it's because it is taking from the woman, uh, from the mom. So right. that's... Yeah, that that is something to definitely think about. Uh, that, when I know, think about it now, it almost makes me like mad at myself. Like, <laughs> how could you think that you could have all of these pregnancies so close together and it not have like a long lasting effect on you? And like, once you're not pregnant anymore, for me, it was like, okay, it's time to lose the baby weight. Um, there's no oh, excuse for yeah. like... But it's like, um, excuse me, I just right. grew multiple people. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And here I am worried about losing baby weight. But, you know, it took me nine months to build a child. Right. And my and, body's uh, like. Yeah. Can I get a break? And my can body's I... like, can I just like <laughs> stay alive and get some nutrients? <laughs> and meanwhile, you're breastfeeding still, you know, or, or whatever, it, whatever you choose to do. And uh, it's, it's taxing on the body. Like we can't deny that it's taxing. Um, right. So, and but, you, know. you know, something else to think about too, is um, I was able to breastfeed my oldest 
And then every other kid that I had, I would like, I would be able to breastfeed for a few weeks or a few months. And then my milk would completely dry up. The babies wouldn't gain enough weight and they would have to get put on formula. Like literally I could not make milk. That's crazy. How about with your last then? I did better. We made it longer and she gained more weight, but eventually the same thing happened. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to see like if I had Mm -hmm. more time in between and had more time to like replenish the minerals and the vitamins and all of that, what would happen? That's interesting. Yeah. That's But I'm also not looking to get pregnant again. So (laughs) same, same, same. Yeah. Same. (laughs) We've reached that stage in our life where, you know, we have a lot of independence. So um, we're just going to go with that. Yeah. It sounds great. It's, it takes a little bit of time, but then you realize one day you're like, Oh wow! I can do these things now, and I can it's take a shower. I can take a shower. Yeah, I can go to the bathroom without little hands, you know. But uh, reaching under the door. Um, one question, kind of moving on here: Did you expose your stomach to any sunlight? I I did. Um, I had read a lot about vitamin D in pregnancy specifically and like certain wavelengths of light can penetrate like to the baby right and you know do whatever makes you most comfortable but for me I was like I think this is important I never did like red light therapy on the belly because I couldn't find any research on that right but sunlight I did yeah, because the, there are certain, like you said, wavelengths, and is red is one of the one that reaches, that penetrates the deepest. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So um, I should feel like I or should infrared know. or infrared. That's what it is. Okay, I knew that something was missing there. Um, so that's that's interesting because you you know you know the role that infrared light plays without or within the human body in itself. So that's interesting. Yeah. And the more I read and learn, I wonder like what, like melanin in pregnancy, like, because we know that melanin is such a huge antioxidant now. I haven't done the research on that, but I wish we could get Kelly back on to talk about that. She would probably yeah. know. We could always ask. Maybe yeah. Someday. Yeah. There you go. It, it is interesting, like, because I, I hate to say that this is new research when this is wisdom that they they never had let's say words for they didn't have the scientific research behind it you know they just knew to do it when you're right. talking ancestrally and it wouldn't you know to to expose my body and my eyes to the light it would never have been a question and it's not to say that you know in, our ancestors didn't have issues because they they would have, we can't romanticize it all the time and think right. that it was just better um but it was just things that they knew and probably consequently they had probably easier births and pregnancies. Yeah. Well, potentially. I mean, we didn't hear so much of um, intrauterine growth restriction. I mean, they wouldn't even know what that was. So not to say it was never a thing, but I don't know. It must maybe less prevalent of a thing or like mental illnesses or autism, like all of those things. We know that they happened, but we know that it wasn't at the rate that it happens today. I think that's a good point Uh, because things did happen. 
you know, you can't ignore that type 1 diabetes wasn't around. They just didn't have the name for it. It was just something that happened in the, in the, in the world. And I know that Down syndrome happened, but like you said, it wasn't the rate at which things happen today. So, which puts us kind of in this like unique place where now we can see the things that ancestrally they were doing right and how things were better from that. But we're also in a place where we're living in the modern world and we can kind of like maybe they went through periods of like famine and that affected the baby. We don't have to go through that. So if we can like merge the two, we could be in an even better place. Yeah, because I can't think that the more uh, medical intervention is the better at this is better at this point. Uh, We have to start really adhering to to nature in the simplicity of of it and its effect on the body and that that in that includes not only pregnancy and birth but also then the effects of it on the children like we've stated many times before so right we we can do better you know we can do better we can talk about it we can educate and then it's just up to well, people well and also it took generations of to get you know to the place that we're at now you know our grandparents kind of had their things and then our parents and then us and if we change it now in this generation we'll see improvements but what about the next generation if we keep absolutely like are we going to go back up i don't know if that made sense it made sense in my head well it does because when you think about it you know my my girls are always fascinated by it so it's like whenever i was carrying them I was also carrying my grandchildren. Right. You know? And so when you think about if I can better the health of my children now, if they decide to to have a baby or whenever they're old enough, uh, what it's like, what will that uh, outcome be? And each generation has the potential to be better, right? healthier. Because we've seen the generations become less healthy, but yeah. We can affect that oppositely too. For sure. Yeah. Which is probably yeah. something we should be trying to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think that, you know, we, I think there is a shift happening in that mentality because we can only live in, I hate to say this, like an oppressed system pharmaceutically. You know, the, the goal is to keep you a patient. But I think more and more people are starting to hopefully see. I know that's kind of like an oxymoron there, um, that that's not it either. That's not health. Right. So uh, thinking of another question here, what are the effects in, of Wi-Fi potentially or like non-native EMFs on pregnancy? So that, you know, like like we said, pregnancy is a time where there's greater oxidative stress um, typically. And then we know that Wi-Fi causes so much oxidative stress and requires more antioxidants. But at the same time, if if we're exposed to Wi-Fi at night, it affects how much melatonin we can make. It's like a vicious cycle because we need the melatonin to come through as a master antioxidant and quench the oxidative stress. But if we're exposed to Wi-Fi, then it can't do that. It's more oxidative stress. Yeah. And so when we talk Um, about just for to understand a little bit further, when you talk about oxidative stress, we're thinking about inflammation. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, Just making know, sure for yeah. general knowledge. And then, so I think it was my third pregnancy where we had started unplugging the Wi-Fi. And we had looked at research that showed that Wi-Fi and just like those kinds of radiation, they can penetrate into the baby's brain, like after they're born, a lot further than they can an adult brain because their skulls are thinner. And so it can, like for us, maybe it would penetrate in X amount of inches, but for them, it could be completely through. Right through. Yeah, because they're not myelin myelinated at that time. It doesn't, right. I can't remember, it's, you're older until your nerves are, are in the, all of the pathways are myelinated. They're protected to, to a degree. Uh, right. So yeah, I mean, they're just going right through those poor babies' brains. So. And something else that, this is just something that I think a lot of people don't think about, and maybe it's kind of silly, but if your bedroom like backs up to a kitchen, like you want to make sure that your bed is not directly on the other side of like where the refrigerator is. Cause that is running all the time. And they have found crazy levels of radiation coming from that. That's incredible. Like mystery disease solved by sure. moving the bed. Isn't that crazy? It, I just to think crazy. that something that you think you think nothing of because it's, it's in every single house, but could that be a missing piece? to it. That's incredible. Um, and then with Wi-Fi, oh, because it, it does have that ability to penetrate so deeply. Let's think about, let's not have, you know, how we're holding our cell phones. Oh. Let's think about, you know, where we're putting possibly a laptop. And that would be a good that maybe piece of advice too, is making sure that the laptop is never on the body. Right. Or if you're wearing a sweatshirt, like let's not stick our phones in like the sweatshirt pocket, especially if we're pregnant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you had any uh, advice or have you looked into, you know, how you can get like the radiation blocking, uh, like hats? Um, I think they make ones like belt, what are they called? Bellaband type things. Um, have you looked into any of that and their <laughs> effectiveness? I looked at the stickers and oh. I like in my brain, I was like, Tina, this does <laughs> not make sense. Do not buy the EMF blocking sticker. <laughs> like back when I used to wear AirPods, I was like, well, maybe I'll just put a sticker on them. And then I was like, no, <laughs> that'll don't, make it better. That'll make it that. better. <laughs> then you're just going to wear AirPods. that have a sticker on them. That's all it ends up being. Yeah. Oh, it's just the EMF blocking stuff is such a red flag to me. Like I know people have their devices that they swear by. I'm, I'm just so skeptical. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think I would prefer to just put my phone on airplane mode or to just keep it away from me and then just spend as much time outside as possible. That's right. That's kind of where I am. You yeah. know, like that's just kind of where I am and just, I just do the simplest things because you if you're realistic enough, I think you realize that the simple things when added up together make the biggest differences. And they really do. Yeah. I mean, even like, this is just something that just popped into my head, but we talked about sunrise, but when we're looking at UVA rise, that's where we get all of the neurotransmitter hormone, healthy light. That yes. made a big difference as far as mood goes. Oh, I bet. Like, oh, I bet. Especially yeah. postpartum too. 
Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, oof. Yeah. Pregnancy. The mood swings are real. Yeah. (laughs) And then couple that with, you know, multiple children that are in in need of your attention all the time. And then you just like, yeah, it's a recipe for nothing good. Yeah. And then I even read um, that I believe it was dopamine. That can play a big part in making enough milk after the baby's born. So like. Interesting. There's no risk to try. No, I mean, uh, just the simple act of avoiding blue light is a is a huge impact on dopamine. Right. And so now here's another question. After your youngest was born, what was it like, one, establishing circadian rhythm again? And then two, was your youngest involved in going outside? Oh, gosh, yes. So my thoughts on babies, because I historically have not good sleepers for newborns, like up every hour or two. Yes. To the point of you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm being tortured. Like, I would just. pretty sure I haven't slept. Like, oh, oh, I just got 20 minutes of sleep and now I'm awake and like, I feel like I might have a heart attack. Like my, my heart literally hurts. Oh, your body aches because you just, oh, I, I, mm. Yeah. It, it's just not right. So if, no. like my thoughts were always, if I can improve this baby's sleep 1%, I'm, we're doing it. 1% is such a big deal when you're sleeping in 15, 20 minute yep. increments. Agreed. So I started taking her out at sunrise. Like even if she was sleeping, I would Aww. take her out. Yeah. Like if her eyes are closed, I don't care. Try to wake her up if I can, just to get her like, okay, this is when we wake yeah. up in the morning. She was sleeping through the night. I can't remember exactly when, but I want to say one month is like a safe place to say oh that she was gosh. sleeping through the night. That's incredible. That She's is like information sleeper. worth knowing. Like you don't have to go through the whole, you know, let them cry it out type thing. <gasps> no. It's yeah, I know. I never did that either. I tried it one time and I was like, I can't do it. I, I tried to, and I, I was crying. <laughs> the baby was crying. It was not a good they night for anybody. Not doing it. <laughs> Well, they're, they're crying for a reason. They need to be like regulated or they're hungry right. or they just need comfort. They just need you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that That's so interesting. I just wish that that information was just common knowledge again, that, you know, it doesn't have to be, again, simple. I'm going to let the baby have sun sunlight to their eyes, let them know that this is the time to be awake and it gets dark at night. Pretty simple. Yeah. And I think that's such a big thing for babies is, not bombarding them with the blue light because let's be honest what did i do with the other five kids when i was up all night i was i put on a movie yeah if i have to like be nursing all through the night i need something yep. that's going to keep me awake so i don't fall asleep holding the baby yeah i and i, I, I want to be entertained yeah I, I did the same thing or like you know for our first two first three we didn't have iphones yet and so you just woke up and I would put, you know, I'd put a movie on because I would hold them to sleep and all, you know, like all the things you were told not to do. So again, not medical advice. Um, nope. Just uh, <laughs> just what I felt like doing, you know, what felt right to me. And uh, and then at my second two, yep, well, I'm up, so I might as well be entertained. And it's like thinking, well, do I need to be entertained? Like, think about that while well, I'm up, so I right. might as well be entertained. And uh, so then now you're up with the baby 
and you are looking at this device and you have blue light going into their body, let alone non-native EMFs beside them and their little brains and their little bodies. And no wonder we're not sleeping. Right. And think about even from this perspective, like they were inside of our bodies and now they're out here trying to grow, trying to go to sleep and they have never experienced light like this. Right. That's got to be dysregulating. Yes. A, a huge cortisol surge, kind of stressful. Oh, for sure. That's not so no wonder they're a ball sleep. of stress. Yeah, for sure. Screaming all night. Yeah. I mean, every baby's different. And, um, I follow Sarah Kleiner on Instagram and I know that like she had issues. I don't issue probably isn't the right word, but I know that her baby wasn't the best sleeper. So it's like every baby's different. There's no like magical cure. Right. But it's worth trying because again, like you've said before, this is a very low risk. It's very low risk. I am going outside to see the sun, we're not even asking to be out in, in strong UV rays. No. You know, like, like there's we're just no saying, UV rays. Go outside in the morning and then turn off the light at night. And then you gradually obviously build up to that that more intense light of the day. And I think you would find, I know my kids were the same way, that anytime I walked outside, they'd stop crying. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like Especially for teething crying. babies. Absolutely. Like that's better than any because we'll use those like little teething oh yeah what well, I don't remember what whatever they are yeah the, the little dissolvable things teething stuff too so but taking them outside works immediately yeah. too right so if it if it de-stresses you as the adult imagine what it does for, for the little the baby, baby that yeah, doesn't my, have words yet so my oldest was colic and Oh my gosh. That would be like <laughs> almost the only time that he would stop crying is if we would go oh. outside and like hold him under a tree. Yeah. Oh. But in my I didn't do it as often as I probably I should have because I know. it was like I was just so tired and this baby never yeah. stops crying and he's happiest oh. when he's being nursed. So I'm just going to stay inside all the time. <laughs> stay inside and nurse. Ma'am, that all sounds day. like. That's like, we'll always tell a story, be like, yeah, I think I was pregnant when that happened. Or I know I was breastfeeding and like, you know, my oldest always goes, uh, I feel like that was all the time. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, there was like a 14 year stretch that I was either nursing or pregnant. So uh, I don't even know if it was 14. I don't know. Something like that. I don't even know. what. I think he's going to be 15. I don't know. Something like that. But um, so finishing up here real quick, if we're, cons- if we're thinking that, as the mom, you are going to be holding not only your your child, but also your grandchildren before getting pregnant. What would be some suggestions? I honestly, I think number one, and there's like so many different things that we can go through but with like toxin exposures and cleaning products. But I think that if you can just get your circadian rhythm set, I think that helps with not only getting pregnant and staying pregnant, because like I said, I was having like a baby and then a miscarriage and a baby and a miscarriage. And it was like a pattern. And I, I was, if we're going by the pattern, I thought I was going to have another miscarriage with my last and I never did. So I was kind of like, is there something to this? And I think that there might be. So I don't know. I think just getting your circadian rhythm strong 
is the best thing that you can do for your body, for your fertility, for your future baby. Absolutely. Because when you're thinking about that too, we know that a strong circadian rhythm along with putting like connecting to the earth, uh, that whole idea of redox, that reduction oxidation. So I am getting myself into a position where my electrons in my body are, are flowing just how they should. And instead of approaching it from, I need to detox, I need to get everything out, I need to take these supplements to get rid of this, that, and the other. Well, if I have that redox, your body I, does it. My body's going to do it. There you yeah. go. And detoxing, like, I, I, there's so many different, like, I detox agree. protocols. Yeah. I, there's a lot of arguments of how safe that even is. I agree with you. Yeah, because I know that we did a handful of them, maybe, you know, thinking that this is going to be the thing that's going to solve the problem, and it probably ends up making it worse. And yeah. like you see people with going through these detoxes, and you're like, they're like, oh, I'm just, I just feel so horrible today because, you know, I'm detoxing. I'm thinking to myself, I'm sorry, what? You know, like when you right. actually step back and you're like, that's, I don't think that's it either. And so when you, again simplicity. I'm going to just make my connection back to the design of it all and see what happens from there. And like drink clean water. Yeah. Like how there many toxins can we avoid and how many toxins can we get rid of? We're just drinking clean water. Clean water. Like that's, yeah. not, that's not too much. No, not at all. It's not a big ask. Just go outside. Put and they the say, grass. you know, they have found like thousands of chemicals in the cord blood. But in my mind, I'm like, well, a lot of those are probably coming from the water because the water is so contaminated. And so they found like pharmaceutical. Oh, yeah. It's nasty. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that just go outside, don't drink dirty water and put your feet in the grass. Yeah. yeah. Not to make it That's too it. simple, but really. I mean. I mean, I'm sure there's like all this amazing science and stuff behind it that could describe everything to the, you know, detail, but, uh, I think we're just going to keep it general here and just, yeah. <laughs> and if anybody keep... else has had a quantum pregnancy, like message us yeah, on the Instagram page. Sure. I want to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. That would be great. That's so, it's so neat because then, you know, the more that obviously you and, and I can learn, then we can share it, but the potential to then share it to our children. Like, you know, I have yeah. four girls. So, I mean, that's a that's a big thing because, you know, in general, I think females are way more sensitive to to all of this crazy world, our modern Especially day world. Especially the disrupted circadian rhythms because our hormones, like, they're complicated. Yeah. It is complicated, yeah. I mean, we're not, you know, men are, are pretty even keeled and for a reason. You know, right. it is, it, the design was, per, again, perfection, but women do have those, those cycles that do respond really well to the cycles of, of the earth. And you can't discredit the power of grounding the moon, the sun, and just all of that and the effects on the female body. And so if we can do something now to impact this next generation of kids, that would be amazing before they have kids. So. Right. And then in like 20 years, when we're still doing our podcast and our kids are having exactly. babies, we can talk about this again. <laughs> we'll circle back. Right. So stick with us. Yeah. 
So, all right. Well, that was a great discussion. Uh, thank you for sharing your knowledge with that with everybody. Any final words, Tina? Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any? I don't. I don't. I know that we have a very special guest next week. Uh, so we're very excited for that. And um, yeah. So get outside. Just go outside. Let's go outside. You're right. All right, Tina, have a great week. And you, you too. all have a great week as well. Bye. Bye.